Hey guys, this is Aiden. Uh, I'm just doing a quick uh, little audio recording because uh, Jack and Brian are a little busy. So um, basically, I'm just going to be covering uh, the this year's Cannes Festival. Uh, basically, all the films that are in competition, out of competition, uh, you know, special screenings, stuff like that. Uh, and so I think I'm just going to jump right into it. Keep this pretty quick. Uh, so the the festival this year is headed up by uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Nyaritu, uh, director of Birdman, Babel. He's heading up the jury this year, and in competition, there's quite a few films. Uh, so the opening night movie, which actually like just premiered, um, as of me recording this on Tuesday, um, it's Jim Jarmusch's new film, The Dead Don't Die. It's got a pretty stacked cast, uh, Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Chloe Sevigny, Tilda Swinton. Um, also just a lot of kind of interesting uh, choices, Selena Gomez, uh, Iggy Pop, RZA um, from Wu-Tang Clan. Um, so the reviews are just sort of coming out for it. Not too many yet, but the reactions seem to be all sort of agreeing in that it's, um, look guys, pretty fun, very kooky, very jarmish, and that it's in for apparently very deadpan, um, but that it's maybe a little lightweight um, and doesn't hit quite as hard. Uh, as some of Jarmusch's most recent efforts, like um, Patterson and Only Lovers Left Alive, both of which I absolutely love. Um, I'm a big fan of Jarmusch, so I'm really excited. I did love the trailer. Um, I haven't seen the one that just dropped today, but I'm uh, interested to see how it turns out. Um, it looks definitely like one of his more um, accessible uh, efforts in a while, and I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like this one's probably just gonna be pretty entertaining. Um, Following that is a lot of canned mainstays uh, in the competition. For example, uh, Pedro Almodovar has his new film Painting Glory, uh, which is supposed to be a fairly autobiographical uh, film starring um, Antonio Banderas as a sort of uh, analogous version um, of Almodovar, as well as Penelope Cruz and some flashback sequences as his mother. Um, it's being compared by uh, people who have seen sort of early cuts of it as Almodovar's Eight and a Half and uh, from Fellini's uh, 1963 film. And so I'm a big Almodovar fan. I haven't seen uh, his most recent effort, Julieta, which I believe was at Cannes three years ago. Um, but he's such an interesting and eclectic filmmaker that is always definitely working through his own emotions and his own past in all of his work. So it's kind of interesting to see him sort of directly confront um, his own life um, so directly that um, I I'm, I'm fascinated to see what it is. Early word is that this is like sort of the front runner uh, for the Palme d'Or uh, and for a lot of high awards. So I'm definitely interested to do this. I, I believe uh, Sony Pictures Classics is dropping this later this year uh, for Oscar contention. There's also other campaign stays like Bong Joon-ho, who was last year, two years ago, with Okja, which was, had a pretty big um, sort of uproar around it because of the whole Netflix thing. His new movie is Parasite, uh, which is described as sort of a family tragic comedy. Um, there was a quick teaser dropped for it. Uh, it looks really interesting. It's a return to um, straight Korean filmmaking for uh, Bong Joon-ho. His last two efforts have sort of mixed um, Korean language and English, 
So um, interesting to see him just sort of return to his homeland and um, for this. It looks like a much smaller effort than his last two movies, and I'm really intrigued to see what he does um, with a lower budget. Um, he, he's one of the best Asian filmmakers alive today, I think. Um, also, uh, Arnaud Desplachine, who's returning with Oh Mercy. Um, he was last here with the open night film in 2017, I believe, which was uh, Ishmael's Ghosts with Marion Cotillard. Um, that one went out with, uh, with a whimper. It was um, booed uh, at both of its screenings at Cannes and uh, did, did basically no business by the time, that, by the time that it came out. So um, hopefully this is a return to form for Despachine. Apparent, um, Terry from Mo, who's sort of, he's the head programmer at Cannes, he described it as incredibly Parisian. So I'm interested to see uh, maybe, a, maybe a, a more low-key effort from Despachine, but... We'll see how that turns out. There's also the Dardenne brothers, Jean-Pierre and Luc, um, with an incredibly, possibly contentious uh, competition entry called Young Ahmed, uh, which is the story of a young Muslim man in Belgium who, um, he's, he's like a, I believe he's 13 or 14 uh, in the film, who is radicalized um, into wanting to uh, kill his his Belgian teacher. Um, it's only about 85 minutes long. Um, but I'm fascinated to see what, like, how the Dardenne brothers, who um, are, in, you know, they're they're French neo-realist filmmakers. They're very working class, so they're they're, they're sort of like the, the Ken Loach or even Mike Lee of of uh, of uh, Belgian or Belgian and French cinema. So, I mean, th th this goes one of two ways, either. They do this perfectly, um, or it it goes down um, pretty terribly because they that is such a direct, a directly contentious topic and so controversial that I I can't imagine that if they don't if they don't completely nail um, their approach on that uh, I can't imagine it going over super well. But um, definitely a risk, and I'm fascinated to see how that one turns out. Um, also, Xavier Dolan is making his return um, after he sort of famously dissed Cannes. He premiered his most recent movie um, at Toronto last year, uh, which was a massive epic called the, the Death and Life of John F. Donovan, which had been in production for a long time. And by the time it finally came out, it premiered to, I think, under a 30 on Metacritic. Pretty terrible reviews. Um, so, you know, um, his, his second to last feature... Uh, it's only the end of the world one. I believe it was at the Grand Prix um, at Cannes. That was 2016. And that also was not well received at all, but just managed to take home an award. So the first Canadian Azor, hopefully he can come back with his new film, which is called Matthias and Maxime. Apparently it's a, sort of a, a, a young love gay romance story, uh, which is uh, one of the genres that Dolan's always been best at so um, hopefully that he can have a comeback with this it, it does star Harris Dickinson who's always pretty great um, you know breaking out in 2017 with Beach Rats and he's had a few great uh, projects since then he's going to be the lead in the uh, the Kingsman prequel next year so hopefully this is another good step for uh, Harris Dickinson as well um, Ken Loach is returning with a movie called Sorry We Missed You uh, it seems fairly Ken Loach. It's um, a working-class British kitchen, kitchen sink drama. Um, 
Uh, last time Ken Loach was there was in 2017, um, or 2016, sorry, uh, for I, Daniel Blake, where he won the Palme d'Or. He's one of um, only a few filmmakers to win the Palme d'Or twice. Um, the other one, some of the other ones are actually being the Darden Brothers, so if either of these guys win, they'll be the first to win three Palme d'Ors in their lifetimes. Um, so, interesting to see, um, how that pans out for Ken Loach. He is a great filmmaker, but I do think he's maybe stuck in a bit of a rut. Oh, I would love to see him come out of this one. Uh, on top there and I yeah so the only two more that I would describe as real you know can can perennials which would be Terrence Malick who's making his return um since uh his last time being there was 2011's The Tree of Life where he won the Palme d'Or um and he's returning with his first uh, apparently mostly scripted uh narrative um since Tree of Life which is called um uh, A Hidden Life so uh, it's the story, it's a true story of Franz Jagerstata, who was a uh, conscientious objector to uh, the German army um, and during World War II, and his story doesn't end so happily. But uh, I'm a big fan of Terrence Malick. My, one of my favorite movies is The Thin Red Line. Uh, and so to see him return to sort of this poetic, um, dreamlike uh, take on World War II is super interesting. Uh, I would love to see this beast come. I haven't loved his his um, his efforts since the Tree of Life, with the exception of maybe to the Wonder, which I have a lot of interest in, but also doesn't super congeal for me. I, I kind of outright hated his last three films, so um, I'm I'm definitely interested to see where he takes this. Um, it, it's, it's got a pretty great cra- cast: uh, Algo Steele from Inglorious Bastards, Matthias Schoenhartz. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little over three hours, so it's definitely going to be an investment, but uh, I'm excited to see where he goes with this one. And then lastly, there's Quentin Tarantino uh, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There was some um, contention over whether or not he was going to premiere there uh, with Sony um, basically telling him if, he, if the cut isn't right, we're not going to premiere it. But Tarantino definitely wanted to be there at Cannes for the 25th anniversary of when he won the Palme d'Or for Pulp Fiction. Um, so I'm profoundly excited for this movie. I think the trailer looked fantastic. Uh, obviously an amazing cast. This always is with Tarantino, but um, definitely interested to see how that one turns out. We don't know too much about um, how it's premiering. Uh, we know that it is in competition, but we just, there's not a lot of word on when it's showing, so we'll find that out soon. Uh, outside of those perennials, there's a few new filmmakers coming in. Marco Bellocchio, uh, who's a pretty great Italian filmmaker, has his new movie, The Traitor, which is set in the 80s, and it's the true story of the first um, Italian mafia man to, or mafia member to rat out on La Cosa Nostra. And um, it starts a pretty great Italian actor, Pia, Pia Francesco Favima, I believe is his name. You'll see him in a ton of stuff. Uh, a lot of American movies where they need the Italian guy, they're pretty much always going to go to him. He's a pretty phenomenal, phenomenal actor, but he pretty really gets a lead role, so cool to see that. Um, interested to see what that, how that turns out. There's, um, let's see here, uh, Diao Yanan, who's an acclaimed Chinese filmmaker, has a new noir called The Wild Goose Lake premiering. Um, Jessica Hausner, who um, is an up-and-coming British filmmaker, has a sort of sci-fi drama with Ben Wishaw called Little Joe. I really was like, I was I was fascinated by just the, like, the synopsis alone. Um, sort of this like it's this sci-fi about um they're sort of trying to create this new uh, species of plant i believe and 
it, it begins to show a lot of life, uh, I believe was what I, what I got from that. Um, and also it is nice to see the amount of uh, female directors that are in the competition here, because you have Jessica Hosner as well as, well as um, uh, Celine Siama, uh, Justine Triette, and, um, uh, and Maddie Diop with uh, Atlantique. Uh, which that would make her the first black uh, female director to be in competition. So that's pretty exciting. Um, with the aforementioned Celine Sciamma, she has a pretty exciting uh, biopic or no, uh, period drama called Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, which sounds to be sort of this seduction uh, romantic drama uh, set in 18th century France. Um, I got a distinct sort of like French take on the favorite vibe. From how, from how they described it, and also the one shot they released looked absolutely gorgeous. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if this ends up being maybe a, a contender for costume design, just from that one shot alone uh, at the Oscars. Uh, there's also a few other great filmmakers in the list, uh, people like uh, Kleber Mandonca Fijo and Juliano Donnell, uh, who is a Brazilian directing duo. Their last movie was um, Aquarius with Sonia Braga, a couple years ago, which was a really beautiful and uh, intensely sad um, working class drama. Their new one is called Baccarol, and apparently it's described as sort of um, sort of like a more colorful take on like City of God. It's not going to be as street heavy, but definitely uh, leaning into the violence of, of, favela, of um, sort of favela working class life uh, in Brazil. So I'm, I'm interested to We'll see what that's like. Uh, Romanian filmmaker Cornelu Porombo uh, has his new movie, The Whistlers. Uh, he's a super great uh, Romanian filmmaker, I believe. I'm, I want to make sure that I'm not confusing him with another Romanian uh, director, but I'm fairly certain he did a movie called Graduation a couple years ago that was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it, was a, it was a great father-daughter drama, and uh, I haven't looked at what this one's about, uh, but I'm definitely just intrigued on his name alone. Um, there's Les Miserables from La July, um, which sounds somewhat interesting. Uh, it's not an adaptation of the Victor Hugo story, it's, um, but it takes place in the neighborhood that Hugo has set his story in, uh, in Paris. Uh, it sounds to be a sort of like revolutionary uh, drama um, about a some kind of protest that goes on in the neighborhood following this one individual and sort of his experience involving that uh, that protest um let me see uh ira Sachs, who's an amazing new york filmmaker uh he's the director of like love is strange he had little men with greg Kinnear a couple years ago uh this one is called frankie it's set um in europe and it stars isabel huppert brendan gleason um and from what we've heard isabel huppert is extraordinary in this uh, they're getting massing this is a, a pretty hard oscar com oscar campaign for her as well as gleason um, which would be great because Iris Sachs has sort of been left out of Oscar contention for a while, even though he's one of the best realist filmmakers working today, I think. So excited to see that. And um, I believe that is it, except for Justine Triette with Sybil. Uh, I don't know much about that, um, but Triette's a pretty great filmmaker. Um, and Elia Suleiman with It Must Be Heaven, which is um, Suleiman's latest documentary about the, uh, the Palestinian people and their, their plight. So it should be interesting. In um, a certain regard, uh, I'm not going to talk about everything here, but I'm going to bring up a couple. Um, there's Bruno Dumont, 
who is premiering his sequel to um, his heavy metal Joan of Arc musical, Jeanette, which came out last year. I, I thought it was pretty fantastic. Um, his new one is, is a sequel to that called Joan of Arc, and it's going to follow her in her, in her, in her, you know, adult in the loose sense. She died very young, uh, but during the Hundred Years' War. Uh, and it, but actually, it stars the same actress when she was 10 years old, uh, which is pretty interesting. And apparently, it is far less leaning on the music, on the musical aspect, and it is more of a uh, more of a general biopic of her, uh, but still told with sort of the insane um, uh, lens of Dumont, who is um, far from a traditional filmmaker. And so, I'm, I'm definitely fascinated to see what he does with um, seemingly a more traditional setup. Um, but I, I have a feeling he's not gonna, you know, stick to that traditional style. Um, Christophe Fournier um, has Room Two One Two, which is uh, his latest can offering. His last one was, I believe, last year. It was called uh, uh, Ellen Hall, which was a nineties drama, I believe, nineties um, set drama. I, I did not uh, check that one out, but I, I heard it was fairly good. Um, so. I, I like Ona, uh, his, his, uh, his, I believe it was his second film I saw, and that was pretty great, but uh, I'm not super familiar with him, but he is a, a pretty respected French filmmaker, so I'm interested to see what he goes with this one. Um, Daniela Sovitz um, has um, a pretty uh, cool signing movie. It's our Sven Whitehead uh, from Dunkirk and um, Bandersnatch. Uh, it's called Port Authority. It's about this drifter who comes from the Midwest to New York, and uh, falls in love with a woman over the course of a night, goes back to her house, goes to clubs with her, um, and then find out that she's trans, and he has to sort of grapple with his own prejudices, um, weighing his, his uh, obvious attraction to her with the fact that he doesn't as of yet approve of um, her choices in life. So sounds like a pretty contentious topic, but one that I think is, uh, has a lot of room for... Um, Dramatic Ground is produced by Scorsese, so, you know, a lot of faith in that. Um, I believe that is all that I I think is worth, you know, focusing on as of now. I mean, I don't know what's going to end up being uh, the takeaway here, but in terms of what's interesting as of yet, that's all in the UCR category. Um, out of competition, there's a couple interesting stuff. The sort of, it's always one big premiere at Cannes. Uh, every year. Last year it was Solo. Back in 2015 they had Mad Max. Uh, this year it's Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic from Dexter Fletcher, starring Taron Edgerton, Richard Madden, and, and um, Jamie Bell. Um, you know, I... Being in such close proximity to Bohemian Rhapsody, it's hard for me to really get too excited, uh, particularly with it being from the filmmaker who finished. Bohemian Rhapsody after Brian Singer's departure. Um, it's it's hard to get excited, but the trailers have been fantastic. Um, and seeing Taron Egerton perform alongside Elton John um, and uh, his recently released cover of Rocket Man, um, he, he's really inhabited that role. And I think to a far greater extent than, say, Ryan Malik did in Bohemian Rhapsody. And I, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated to see how this one turns out. It looks a little weirder and... Um, more left field than Bohemian Rhapsody was. That was that was, to be fair, you could you could you could do nothing and, and still be more left field than Bohemian Rhapsody was. But um, uh, I'm definitely excited. It's out super soon. It's out in uh, I think a week uh, or a week and a half. So 
Uh, it should be interesting to see how that one turns out. Um, and also, the only TV series that's premiering is Too Old to Die Young, which is Nicholas Winding Refn's, um, uh, his Amazon, uh, Amazon TV series starring like Miles Teller, a couple other big actors, and, um, you know, Rhett Refn's in an interesting place. You know, Drive was sort of his introduction to a bit more of a mainstream audience, um, but before then he'd made a lot of pretty great movies like Pusher, um, when he was still back in Denmark. Um, Valhalla Rising with Mads Mikkelsen and uh, Bronson with Tom Hardy are all pretty fantastic. Uh, he followed Drive Up with Only God Forgives, which I just couldn't stand, uh, to be honest. I found it just uh, meandering and pointless, um, and pretentious as could be. And then he followed that up with The Neon Demon, which I had issues with, but I thought it was just an, like, uh, too much of a visual feast to really ignore. And that Elle Fanning was just ridiculously incredible in that. I was interested that she is a part of the jury this year. And I'm, it, this, this one's been a long time in the making. He's been um, in post-production on this series for a long time. Um, interestingly, he's premiering, I believe, episodes four and five of an eight-episode series. So, you know, very reference to do that. But uh, I'm fascinated this is like. I believe it is premiering in June, but I could be off on that. Um, interested to see how it turns out. Asif Kapadia, who uh, won the Oscar a few years ago for directing the Amy Winehouse documentary, has another, um, you know, uh, biography, bio, bio doc uh, about uh, famous soccer player Diego Maradona. Um, it's already been purchased by HBO Sports, so well, it'll be on TV, I believe, somewhat soon, probably, I would guess, in July or August. Um, you know, uh, Kapadi is a really, really empathetic and I think uh, really skilled documentarian. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know much about Maradona. I'm not a big soccer guy, but um, I'm for sure gonna watch it, and I, I'm uh, I'm near certain it's gonna tell me uh, a lot a lot about that character, that that person. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Pippa Bianco has her Sundance premiere uh, share in special screenings. Um, that premiered at Sundance earlier this year, got pretty great reviews, so they're probably just trying to get some more buzz before they release it later this year. Uh, it's also Werner Herzog's new movie, Family Romance LLC, uh, which is set in Japan. He filmed with non-traditional actors in Japan in a non in a language he doesn't speak. Um, so, I very Werner Herzog. Um, I'm fascinated with how that turns out. Um, you know, Werner Herzog, he, he's always willing to take risks, and, you know, it's, I can't imagine this <laughs> the arduous nature of, of having to, to coach actors through scenes and get scripts of them when you're not speaking them. I mean, e even, even going through a translator, the, a lot can be lost in translation, a lot can be, um, a lot of the em emphasis you're, you're placing on, on direction cues can be lost, and, that must be an insane difficulty. Um, you know, Herzog, his narrative stuff hasn't been amazing as of late. I think the last one I saw from him was Salt and Fire with Michael Shannon, uh, which I found just dull as could be. But his document, his documentary work has been amazing, um, like um, uh, Into the Inferno, which was brilliant. And um, my, my favorite personally in the past few years was um, Into the Abyss, with, which was a, an amazing documentary about the death penalty um, that I think is uh, one of the most supremely sad um, documentaries ever made. Um, so, 
if, if he can blend that sort of like realist documentarian aesthetic he's had the past couple of years with the amazing and tragic narrative features he made his he kind of made his name on um that'd be great to see for a comeback uh, and then lastly there's uh, abel ferrara's new film he's been away for a little while uh tomaso which is um from from what's he, he shot it entirely in secret entirely in secret um, and from what we understand, it's an autobiographical picture with Willem Dafoe, his neighbor, uh, starring as him, uh, as well as his, his actual wife and child playing themselves. Um, so Abel Ferreira, he's, you know, obviously an incredibly controversial auteur, um, going back all the way to um, the late 70s and 80s when he used to making stuff like King of New York, and um, obviously Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel. Um, and even recently when he had movies that were banned in France, like Welcome to New York, sorry, um, Charlie Depardieu, he, he's never been afraid to, to not, not, not just take risks, but to, to loudly present his films um, as out-and-out risks. And, you know, say, say what you will about, about the man and about his consistency as a filmmaker, he's... He's never not interesting. Um, and so just the, the idea of him taking on his own life um, just sounds absolutely insane to me. Uh, I'm just gonna make a, take a quick look and make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, sorry. Sorry, with Can, uh, because they add so many movies over time, um, I'm just making sure that they didn't add anything because uh, Tarantino's wasn't added for a while. Um, oh yes, so I did. I did forget one. Um, I believe just this one. Yeah. No, I forgot two actually. Sorry. Uh, so the two that I forgot were Gaspar Noé um, added. Gaspar Noé as well as Luca Guadagnino both added. Both added. Um, some short features, uh, Guadagnino's stars Julianne Moore, and uh, that one is, um, I believe it's an ad for, uh, I want to say it's Dolce? Um, I'm not sure on that, it, it's for a clothing line, I know that. Um, and, uh, and then Gaspar Noé has one called Lux Eterna, um, which is, an, uh, according to him, a, quote, an essay on cinema, the love of film, and onset hysterics. So it should be interesting that that does star Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, the only two features that were added were... Um, I'm going to butcher this man's name. I apologize for that. Um, Ab Abdelatif Kashish? Yes. Um, who made the uh, incredible film Blue is the Longest Color, which took the Palme d'Or back in 2013. Um, that uh, that was a near masterpiece, but he followed up that with a can entry, I want to say last year, um, called Mektoub, My Love, which was received pretty terribly, um, and he actually premiering, premiering the sequel to that. Uh, it's, it's meant to be a three-part uh, trilogy, um, and this one is called Intermezzo. Um, so, you know, hopefully the middle chapter of this is more interesting than the first was, because um, that, that movie really did, it, it, it actually gets worse as you watch it, uh, as you realize that Kashis really just has 
no firm grasp on the story he wants to tell. Um, and a director who's already pretty burdened by a lot of controversial antics um, and tactics that he used on, on the set of with, with Warmest Color that got a lot of backlash. Um, you know, if, if he's going to ever come back from that, that controversy, he's going to need to put some quality work out. So hopefully this is a comeback for him. And then the, the last feature that was added was um, Gael Gar- Garcia Bernal, the iconic Mexican actor. His film, um, Chicorotes, yes, uh, which is described as a portrait of Mexican society through the story of teenagers. Um, so that should be you know, interesting. Um, I don't... I, I don't know that I've seen any of Bernal's directorial efforts, but he's a pretty phenomenal actor. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he's learned a good amount. Uh, but yeah, so that that's canon total. I think this is a pretty exciting year because there's, there's just so many iconic auteurs coming together. Uh, Tarantino, Malick, Bong Joon-ho, Werner Herzog, Abel Ferrara. Um, you know, just, just all coming together in one. So, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe these are all going to crash and burn uh, over the course of the next week or so. But I'm, I'm definitely excited about uh, this festival and also this, this year. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff on the slate uh, throughout the year. And I'm pretty excited for how it's going to turn out. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I hope maybe you learned something or got excited about any of these movies. Um, yeah, so thanks to Brian and Jack for letting me you know, just talk about this. This is definitely my favorite festival to talk about. Um, so again, I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one. Bye.